0: challenging men to be great men Welcome to the Great Man podcast with your host New York Times best selling author Stephen Mansfield Gentlemen, we begin I want to talk to you in this podcast about something that really made a difference in my life. It might sound a little silly to you on the front end, but it's something that really changed the way that I live and the way I relate to those that I want to impact. I was going through a kind of a difficult time. Uh, I had just gone through a divorce. Um... And I was really wondering about how to relate to people in a loving way. I mean, I consider myself a pretty loving person, pretty gentle person, Um, but I I was being challenged in every way in that season in my life. What about my leadership role? What about uh, the way I father? What about the way I husband? And uh, of course, there are many lessons that we can talk about in terms of all of these things, but something very specific, very practical came to me at that time, and I want to describe it to you. I was with a friend of mine, a man who's had a real impact in my life named Rice Brooks and we were traveling somewhere and we were just talking in an airport lounge when he got a phone call from his wife and he answered the, the phone call by saying my love and it struck me that he was addressing his wife as "my love." Now that's going to sound maybe normal to some of you, especially those of you from the South, where you know names and terms of endearment are readily thrown around. But I come from a jock military background. My father was rather harsh, and with his words, you know, words tended to be a bit more cutting. I'm not blaming him for anything. Um, you didn't you didn't use terms of endearment a great deal. You might tell somebody you love them. Uh, You might pat them. When my father walked by me in the house, when he wanted to kind of express love, he'd kind of slap my stomach. It was fine. I understood what it meant. I I wasn't living with any kind of deficit. What I didn't grow up with was a sense of uh, words being carriers of tenderness and love and and endearment. Um, And it was something that I hadn't done well to that point and just him saying that. And then I I listened as Rice uh, talked to his children. I I listened as he talked to his friend And, 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 and some of the cultures that he was in that he pulled me into. People would refer to each other as champion or hero or um, he would ref, people would refer to their wives as my love or uh, sweetness or what you know whatever I mean it, all kinds of terms of endearment it wasn't some uniform thing nobody was in a cult here um, but 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 big masculine men would speak sweetly and tenderly in public and in private I would understand um, with their wives have terms of endearment uh, say sweet things uh, sweet uh, you know I remember one of the great big African American man I was with and. You know, he just commanded everything everything he was around. But when his sweet, beautiful little wife would come up, he'd go, Lover, what can I, what can I do for you, my lover? You know, And just almost like he was quoting from you know poetry or something, quoting from Romeo and Juliet. And uh, I got to tell you, there wasn't a, a sense of embarrassment. There wasn't a sense of hesitation. These were the terms he used. He wanted her to know things. He didn't mind if other people heard them. Uh, he had found words that unlocked her soul. I'm telling you, it was sweet. And the way he the way some of these guys were with their children and 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 how they'd address them and how they'd call call out things, it really touched me. And I tell you what moved me, what really chat well I challenged me more than moved me, was that this had been built intentionally into their lives. They had built language intentionally into their lives. They had chosen these things. Nobody asked them to. Most of them had um, the furthest thing from models of this in their growing up years and with the cultures they grew up with and with their fathers and maybe their uncles, uh, grandfathers, and so on. None of them came from cultures that were naturally this way. So they became intentional about it. I got to tell you, it really challenged me. I'm a guy who, uh, if you know anything about me, of course, I work with words, I think in terms of words, I work with language all the time. I run a literary firm with my wife. I write books. I speak a great deal. I'm moved by language. I'm moved by how things are said. But never had I applied that just to the way I spoke to men uh, or the way I spoke to my wife or the way I spoke to my children or the way I spoke to my friends. And so I began to be intentional. I began to use some of these things. I just told them straight up, I'm going to steal some of this. They said, of course, we want you to do that. It's not like we own this, It's not like we trademarked it. And so I began to speak to my children and to my friends, eventually to my wife in ways that, uh, in ways that, that chose terms of endearment. Uh, if you are around me, you will hear me and i 'm not gonna i 'm not going to imitate it here on on the podcast because this is language between my wife and myself, but it's very common for me to use words like phrases like you know, my love or sweetness or, or or whatever, you know, and sometimes it can be humorous. I've heard friends um, who have stolen language from f- humorous movies call and call their wives babelicious or or babus or, you know, that, just having a little bit of fun. But it but it's not only humorous. It's also uh, sweetness and tenderness and stuff that means a lot to them. I I wanna challenge you to do what I was challenged to do and start building language into your life. Let me say this, every culture and you're, I don't mean an ethnic culture. I mean, every culture that you're part of has shorthand, has language. You got a bunch of guys, and they play a pickup basketball game every week. They start calling each other by nicknames. They start using shorthand for things they want to do. You know, some guy does something funny and he gets a nickname from that for the rest of his life, you know, and that's fine and that's sweet. But when you want to have a positive culture, when you want to build a positive culture in coaching, for example, or with a team of people in business that you're trying to move forward, building language, language in intentionally um, is powerful. I was with a high school coach not too long ago. He asked me to speak to his kids. This is an old friend of mine. I don't, I don't feel that I do well with high school kids and younger. But this coach asked me to speak to his kids because uh, we, he and I had some connection. And he walked in and said, "All right, heroes! All right, heroes! Gather up!" And he dressed them as heroes constantly. All right, and then later on, he said, "Okay, valiant ones, uh, if you step up here. Get close. Get close." And uh, I'm telling you during the maybe 90 minutes that I was with him on this particular day, he probably used five or six different terms that was common. And all of it was, all of these phrases were things he wanted them to be. He wanted them to absorb. He wanted to call out of them. And I tell I tell you, they'll remember it for the rest of their lives. I'm telling you, if some some coach had start, had called me, had called my team heroes and said it over and over again, when I was 16, it would have stuck with me for, forever. Let me assure you that the military after hours, military coaches that I had when I was 16 were not using words like that. They were using words, but they most of them questioned my told me things about my birth. I didn't know. But all of that to say that this this was not weird and corny. This was and this was positive. This was something their souls longed for. You could tell these kids did that. In fact, I actually saw changes in them, even though they heard had heard those words time and again when he said, All right, heroes, get up here. You could see that somehow these kids adjusted from their school day and adjusted from their towel slapping, towel popping, you know, locker room moments, getting dressed. And they they circled up like men, like like men. I mean like men ready to step forward. So every culture has language. Every culture has shorthand. And one of the arts of being a man, one of the arts of fathering, building a band of brothers, building a culture in your home with your wife is that you use language. Now, I don't want you to be weird about this. If you, if you, do, if you do anything that embarrasses your, your wife, your child, your friends in public, then you're not doing the right thing. I'm talking about terms of endearment, terms of addressing them. I have a friend who every time he sees me uh calls me hero. Now, it's not that he uniquely thinks that I'm a hero. It's that he wants that in my life. He uses that term to affect the culture between us. He wants to call me out heroically. Uh I have another friend um who just is is a is a, a southern guy, real coach type and he said there's the statesman. There's the statesman. What you doing, man? And 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 he may not use the word statesman again. It's not like he says statesman past the salt, you know, at table, but he's going to mention statesman two or three times because that's the part of me he connects to. He relates to me as that guy. He knows that I work internationally. He knows that I've helped negotiate things between warring tribes and whatever, you know, working with Kurds and, and working internationally in different cultures and speaking of, you know, he, he's been with me when I've spoken to prominent people and so on. So he wants to build that. He wants to encourage that. He wants to call that out. It's not, it's not weird. It's not weird. He just makes it part of his personality. I want you to really ponder this. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the terms of endearment you've heard people use in your own life and people around you, not just honey and babe and, and sweetheart, but, but are there other things, uh, my love, would you, how would you feel about calling your wife? Beautiful. Hi, beautiful. How are you? Um, you know, high love of my life. How you doing? You know, that kind of, how would you feel about that kind of thing? I've heard all of those. And when they're done by somebody who's not self-conscious, when they're done by somebody who really believes it and is using it as a term of, of endearment, I'll tell you what, it's sweet and it's powerful. And I only notice it because I pay attention to language very intently. All my academic training and my professional life is about language. So I'm listening for exact ways things are said in the South, as opposed to do, do New Jersey and in California, as opposed to England, you know, that kind of thing It's what I do. So I'm paying hypertension, but most people just go, Oh, that's sweet. He loves his wife. But what impact is it having on his wife? What impact is it happening, having on your children? I have a real sweet daughter whom I love dearly, and she's up in New York. And, and uh, every so often, you know, she's got a real warrior spirit. I mean, she's not, she's not in the military or, you know, doesn't do martial arts and all that kind of, but she's got a real warrior spirit. When she's hot about an idea, she's hot, and she's, she's passionate. And so every so often when I'm talking to her, I'll say, okay, warrior princess, what do you think about this? And you can see a little smile come across her face, and I'm telling her I love her. I'm also telling her I see her. That's a lot of what this this language is. It's about I see you, I see you. I know a guy who calls his son champion, uh, I, I know a guy who calls his son man of God. Um, you, you can do a thousand different things, but you know we tend at our cultures to quickly go towards the cutting and the smack talk and the and the dissing. How about if we build into our cultures, the cultures around us, and most guys have got five or six cultures, you know, wife, children. Family, extended family, buddies, maybe work—you know that kind of thing. How about if we start building into our culture uh, language, names, terms that that ennoble people and that excite people and get them thrilled? I have a friend who has been working hard for years uh, to finish a law degree. He's worked. He's done it part time. He's just about to finish. And what I do is I call him Your Honor. All right, Your Honor. Thank you, Judge and and he smiles and it's just a kind of, it's kind of a semi joking thing between us but he knows what i'm doing i'm calling him what i see him as being i'm using that term to encourage him i don't have to say i sure want you to do your studies tonight i sure am proud of you boy i sure want you to make sure that you get an a i just call your honor judge Thank you, Your Honor. And every so often, humorously, I'll say, well, if it pleases the court. And it, it's a joking thing between us. Don't misunderstand. But there's a lot of meaning there. I'm telling him I believe in him. I'm telling him I can't, I, that I see him by the eye of faith down the road uh, serving in the law. He, he really wants to serve and do good in the world. Why not? Why not? Now, that's a little bit more humorous than you might want to do, but just think about how you can build language into your roles as a man. How can you have impact? How can you touch lives? How can you call things out of your children? How, do you, how can even just in a quick cell phone call that's about picking up the milk or something, how can you just use a title or a name for your wife that that lets her know that she is, she's the awesomeness in your life? How about that? Um, this can happen. And, it, and it's part of, I think, you being intentional about using your culture to ennoble people, to call them out, and to have the impact on them that you are meant to have as a man. Don't be self-conscious about it. Don't be weird. Uh, don't do anything that embarrasses anyone. But find names, nicknames, language, way of addressing the people you're meant to impact that leaves an imprint on their soul. This is one of the arts of great men. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.